In May of 1983, Paul and Melody Jones had been married for two years and had been living in a small town in Oklahoma. By all means, the two were madly in love with one another, and their friends and family all confirmed this. Melody was just 19 years old at the time, and Paul was 20. They each had jobs just a few miles away from their home, with Melody working at a local Dairy Queen and Paul working at a golf course. While the two certainly seemed to be living their own happily ever after, tragedy struck for the young family on May 4th of 1983, when Paul was found dead in the family home and Melody was nowhere to be found. On May 4th, 1983, Melody had been spending the day with her parents and four siblings fishing at a nearby lake. Melody was very close with her family, particularly her younger brother, and they spent time together very often. Later that day, as the fishing trip had come to an end, Melody and her brother loaded up in his car and headed toward Melody's home. Along the way, Melody asked her brother to spend the night as it was already getting pretty late at this point. Her brother said that he doesn't know specifically why she asked him to stay, but he said he didn't think too much of it because he would spend the night at the couple's home pretty often. Though this time he declined spending the night, but made sure to hang out near Melody's home to ensure that she did make it inside safely after he dropped her off. He says that he pulled up to the back of the house and let Melody in through the back door. He waited for her to turn on the lights and then he pulled away. At the same time, he said everything seemed perfectly normal, but things wouldn't stay that way for long. We know that the two arrived at Melody's house sometime after 10.30 p.m. The next morning, Melody was scheduled to show up for work at Dairy Queen, but she never clocked in for her shift. Her boss knew that she would never be late for work unless something was terribly wrong, so he immediately called her parents and spoke to her mother to see if she could check in on her. Melody's mother said she had no idea why Melody wouldn't have shown up for work, so she headed to the couple's home to see if she just slept in. When she got there, she noticed that the couple's car was in the driveway, yet it didn't seem like any of the lights were on inside. She pulled up to the house and began to honk the horn on her car, but nobody came out. She got out of her car and walked up to the front door and immediately noticed that the door was slightly ajar but there didn't seem to be any signs of forced entry. She stepped inside and immediately noticed that the house was a mess. All of their belongings had been strewn all throughout the house and the contents of Melody's purse were dumped out onto the floor. To make matters worse, Melody's glasses were found tossed aside in the kitchen. This is a fairly important detail because technically Melody was legally blind without her glasses. By all means, she could not see a hand waving two inches in front of her face without wearing her glasses. At this point, her mother's heart sank into her stomach and she began to fear for the worst. Sadly, her fears would soon be confirmed. As she made her way to the couple's bedroom, she found her son-in-law, Paul, dead next to the couple's bed. He was laying on the floor with the shotgun placed nearby his body. Naturally, everyone assumed that the shotgun had been used to claim Paul's life, but this didn't turn out to be true. Melody's mother ran outside of the house and searched all around the property for Melody, but she was nowhere to be found. She then called 911 and police showed up within minutes to investigate. They quickly learned that Paul had not been killed with the shotgun that was found near his body. Rather, he'd been stabbed two times and passed away from these wounds while laying next to the bed. The theory is that Paul had been loading the gun to defend himself, but he lost his life before he could get around into the chamber. Police also confirmed that the gun had never been fired. What made the case even more strange is that upon cleaning up the house and conducting a search, absolutely nothing was missing. The investigation showed all the telltale signs of a robbery, but nothing was stolen. Nothing except for Melody, that is. 
All of the family's belongings were accounted for, but Melody had simply vanished. Police began a search for Melody immediately, and they gathered a team to search more than 12 square miles around the property. To say that they found nothing would be an understatement. There was not so much as a shoe print, a hair, a fingerprint, nothing. Melody had simply vanished off the face of the earth, and with no further evidence, police had hit a dead end when looking into the death of Paul as well. They couldn't find any reason why someone would want to hurt Paul or Melody. Paul had no known enemies, and the family had nothing of value that would warrant his life being taken from him. One of the obvious leads that police had to follow was the possibility that Melody may have taken the life of her husband and fled the state to start a new life elsewhere. This may seem a bit far-fetched, but as they began to dig into the family's finances, they noticed that Paul had recently taken out a life insurance policy on himself. We don't know exactly how much this policy would have paid out, but it seems a bit fishy that he lost his life just two weeks after the plan began. However, this lead quickly hit a dead end as well because the insurance company never paid out the money. In fact, according to some reports, Melody was not even listed as the beneficiary on the policy. I'm not too sure how true this detail actually is, but by all means, the idea of Melody killing her husband for profit seems to be pretty untrue. Investigators then began to wonder if the couple could have been having marriage issues, but everyone that knew them said that they always seemed to be in good spirits. They could hardly keep their hands off one another, and they both seemed incredibly happy. Police did find out that the couple were facing many financial issues, as they'd taken out multiple cash advances and their bank account was negative by more than $400. This, again, led investigators back to the idea that Melody could have killed her husband and just taken the money. However, once again, when they investigated this lead, they found Melody was not the one who had control over any of the accounts, nor had she withdrawn any money from any of these accounts. All the while that police were digging more deeply into their personal lives, hope that Melody would be found safe and sound was beginning to fade. Police searched for the young woman for days and weeks on end, but they found absolutely nothing. In the end, the case went cold. No one knew who would have wanted to hurt Paul, nor whether Melody had been kidnapped or if she'd simply run away. More than 35 years later, police searched the now abandoned property once again in 2017. They brought in power equipment and combed every square inch of the land, searching for disturbed soil or a buried body or literally anything. Once again, they found the very definition of nothing. Not a single shred of evidence had been left behind. Many locals began to fear the worst, and naturally so, after they learned of another young woman named Patty Hamilton that had disappeared in April of 1983. Patty and Melody had a lot in common. They were similar ages, similar builds, and led very similar lives. They had several friends in common, but it doesn't seem like the two girls actually met one another. Patty had been working at a nearby store when she just vanished one day, just like Melody, without a trace. Her body wouldn't be found until 1991, when her skeletal remains were located and a coroner deemed her cause of death to be homicide. Her killer was never found. This led many locals to fear that a serial killer may have been on the loose, but no other similar cases would turn up after Melody's case eventually ran cold. To this day, police have no idea what happened to either Melody or Paul. They also never figured out why nothing was stolen from the home, and Paul's life insurance policy just was left to lapse. While this doesn't really add anything to the case too much, I've been thinking about how Melody and her brother arrived at the home fairly late that night at around 10.30 p.m. I can't seem to figure out if Paul would have already been home by this point, but I keep coming back to the detail about the front door being just slightly ajar. 
Melody's brother said that he let Melody off at the back door of the house so that she wouldn't have to walk as far to get inside. So at this point, it's possible the home could have already been broken into, and Paul may have already been dead by the time Melody made it home. Her brother said that he merely waited to see a light turn on inside before he left, so is it possible that he could have personally delivered Melody directly to her potential captors? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that he did this intentionally or that he was involved in any way. I'm just trying to piece together how Melody could have gotten home so late and her husband not have already been awake or at least home. Considering he worked at a golf course, it seems pretty unlikely a golf course would still be open at 10.30 at night. This makes me wonder if Melody could have been the intended victim all along, and Paul simply got into the criminal's way when he showed up to abduct Melody. Still though, the motive for doing this is pretty unclear. Was it sexually motivated? Was it a crime of passion or circumstance? We really don't know. Also, why were there no signs of forced entry? This definitely seems to indicate that the criminal could be much closer to the family than anyone would care to admit. All in all, we just don't know too much for sure. If you guys have any idea about what could have gone on here, or if you have any additional information about this case that maybe I haven't covered here, please feel free to share your thoughts in the comments because at this point, it seems like the case will likely just remain unsolved for the rest of time. But we can always do our best to share theories and extra information in hopes of bringing these criminals to justice, even if it has been nearly 40 years. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But I've been Ty Knott. You guys have been lovely. I'll catch you in the next video. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the US, more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.